0: good evening dumb nation it's friday red friday remember everyone deployed welcome to don't unfriend me tonight episode 312 call that picture cobalt blue steel anyway what are we talking about tonight well we're going back into the annals of history the old days of military intelligence and naval intelligence to be exact. And I want to talk about some of the information that has been leaked by the Biden administration. I'm not comfortable with it. A lot of peers and friends who are still in the community are not comfortable with it. And I'm gonna talk about it with you tonight. I'll see you in 60 seconds on The Rebound. Navy veteran Matt Spear presents Don't Unfriend Me. Brutally Honest. Experience matters. Facts, not feelings. To the point. And always direct. No safe spaces. You can agree or disagree. You can love him. You can hate him. Just don't unfriend him. Sit back. Relax. Don't Unfriend Me starts right now. Well, thank you for sticking around for the intro. Oh, boy. Well, we got a lot to talk about tonight. You can visit Don'tUnfriendMe.com if you would like. I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a second. My name is Matthew Spear. I'm the host of Don't Unfriend Me. I've been doing this now for about 15 months. I enjoy it. Monday through Friday, 830, I bring you a live show, and I do a recorded show three days a week. This is one of them, and we are going into episode 312 tonight. How can you follow me and all that stuff? You'll see that clicker behind me at Don't Unfriend Me Show on all social media channels and podcasts. You can find me on Getter and Twitter, and that is at The Dumb Show. Why? Because they have to be different. Hopefully Elon Musk will change that up. 75,000, 78,000 followers. We're on the precipice of 80,000, 56,000 likes. Please keep growing the site. It gets the word out there, and I appreciate it. Last but not least, and I know I've got to do it, you can pick up shirts, you can pick up coffee, hats, and all that stuff. All veteran-made, made in the USA, Veteran-owned and operated some of the best coffee you've ever had, I promise you. It's not like that other black bag coffee, which is Folgers repackaged. All right, I've done it, and now I will go ahead and do the show. Thank you for your patience through this. Three can keep a secret if two are dead, famous words by Mr. Benjamin Franklin. In the intelligence community, OPSEC and counterintelligence are not only symbiotic to each other the intel gathering sense is so very important they are essential to it during my my first few days of intel training in Damneck, neck virginia we were brought into a medium-sized auditorium there were several flags hanging from the rafters as my eyes gazed upon them i saw an emblazoned eagle crest with what appeared to be the all too familiar the eye of providence or the all-seeing eye of god You've seen it on our currency. It's a symbol that depicts an eye often enclosed in a triangle and surrounded by rays of light of glory meant to represent divine providence or the Illuminati. Whereby the eye of God watches over humanity. Along with the eagle adorned with a pair of headphones or more amply named studio monitors. The words following the circumference of the symbol, in God we trust, all others we monitor. Naval Intelligence after, after earning the right to wear the diminished flag in pen form, I can tell you that there are a few things intelligence professionals covet more than just about anything. Being organized and disciplined. Communicate with confidence, clarity, and credibility. Find meaningful patterns in meaningless noise adopt a patient methodical approach see the bigger picture be flexible and responsive to change learn from mistakes and lastly when you have gained the upper hand never let the enemy know a prime example is how the tide was turned in world war ii when the british and american forces were able to siphon intel from the reich without letting the crowds know heil hitler was in all messages. Because of these specific words and the repetitiveness of them, the men and women at Bletchley Park were finally able to decipher the Enigma Code Breaker daily settings at a substantially faster rate than normal, allowing the British to stay one step ahead of Germany. But the problem was, what if the Germans found out? Well, that's a relatively simple question to answer. The Germans would immediately have changed the design of the Enigma or scrap Heil Hitler from their messages. And just six hours after finding out that the British were peeking into their Enigma flow, the Germans would be back with a truly unbreakable code the next time. And this time, the Allies would be all but helpless. And this is where Codename Ultra came in. In order to divert the Germans' attention from the possibility that Enigma had been breached, the Allies created a fake intelligence ring, that had the impression of being very well placed deep behind the enemy lines. This intelligence ring, later codenamed Ultra, it helped lead the Germans into thinking that they were responsible for all of these offenses where the British easily countered a planned German attack. This is counterintelligence and one of the golden rules of the tradecraft. When an enemy is feeding you information, protect the source at all cost with anonymity and keep it in the shadows. Fun little fact. Uh, we were told by Master Chief, treat your sources, pardon the language, like mushrooms. Feed them shit and keep them in the dark. Sorry, pardon me for the uh, the curse word. As I was having my morning coffee, and I had the news on in the background, I heard one of the most disturbing things I have heard in my career, in and out of the intel community. Quote, we believe that the best antidote to disinformation is information. Secretary of State um, Antony Blinken said during an appearance before reporters, it's an approach that could prove a blueprint going forward as countries increasingly rely on manipulating the information space to further their geopolitical aims. This was then parroted by Jen Psaki and the intel officials across the pundit spectrum. Take a listen. Last week, I believe in here, you said that you the assessment still was that a Russian invasion is imminent. That's the word that you'd used before that other officials have used and used it last week But yesterday the ambassador to the united nations linda thomas greenfield said she would not use the word imminent She said she does not think a russian invasion of ukraine is imminent So I guess we just need some clarification on where that assessment stands right now. I used that once I think others have used that once and then we stopped using it because I think it's sent in Uh, a message that we weren't intending to send, which was that we knew that President Putin had made a decision. I would say the vast majority of times I've talked about it, we said he could invade at any time. That's true. We still don't know that he's made a decision. Okay. So you're not using that word. I think I used it once last week. But the decision now is that you're not describing it as imminent anymore. I haven't in over a week. I am so excited that that lady is gone. The Well, soon. The Biden administration has fueled alarming headlines and surprised the intelligence community with a remarkable drumbeat of official disclosures of previously classified intelligence revealing Russian moves as Moscow massed troops on the Ukrainian border. We all remember this. The disclosures have largely cl- come in the form of statements from agency spokesmen and officials. They've provided little by the way of evidence, in effect asking reporters to report the material without confirmation. Other media reports on the crisis, of course, have come from conventional reporting and unauthorized leaks. Spokespeople for multiple U.S. agencies have said the U.S. had intelligence showing Russia planning to release a scripted video showing staged attacks by Ukrainian forces to drum up a pretext for military action. In January, the U.S. said it had credible information indicating Russia had a pre-position and group of operatives to conduct a separate false flag operation in eastern Ukraine. And in December, the White House released a declassified document that said Russia was planning an offensive in early 2022 involving up to 175,000 troops. Officials have also been remarkably detailed in public about the number of Russian troops they see amassed on the border, before and after. Intelligence that has been backed up by commercial satellite imagery released by private companies. We've all seen this footage, and it was always surprising to me how much they were releasing, but effective at doing at least what appeared to be a good job. This isn't the first time we have released intelligence to counteract military aggression. The tactic has some whole high-profile Cold War precedents. In 1962, John F. Kennedy's administration released photographs of Soviet ballistic missiles positioned in Cuba amid the escalating crisis there, in a part to convince a skeptical press corps in the U.S. and the U.K. and really the world. The U.S. spy planes... Those flights that collected that data or the F-150s were not the issue, but divulging how the information was ascertained or flight paths that were used would have undermined the ability to repeat this collection for these assets. The U.S. only used them in the most opportune time as the Russian ambassador dug a hole for himself by denying any such missiles existed. The releases have also drawn attention because much of the information could not have been learned from satellite images alone when we're talking about the Ukraine and Russia again, which are often often duplicated in public channels, instead signaling clear U.S. access to Russian military and intelligence channels, electronic intelligence and human intelligence. Satellite images offer comparatively limited insights. It's impossible to glean Putin's intent from mere tank formations, which can be used as decoys. US officials were aware that Russian military doctrine explicitly embraces deception, a concept known in Russia as maskarovka, or masking. But the intelligence releases on alleged false flag operations are also the riskiest to the United States and their apparatus that is so crucial for the success of our counterintelligence operations. Personally, I'm surprised at how much has been publicly revealed, though I can appreciate the balance in revealing Russian schemes and burning sensitive sources and methods. The source of data and protecting that source is almost as important as the information collected in the first place. But this is different. That simply burning sources this undermines the credibility of the intelligence apparatus in the U.S., Simply put, the United States is using intel to fight an info war with Russia, even when the intel isn't rock solid. Quote, it doesn't have to be solid intelligence, one U.S. official said. It's more important to get out ahead of the Russians, Putin specifically, before they do something. President Joe Biden later said it publicly, but three U.S. officials told NBC There is no evidence Russia has brought any chemical weapons near Ukraine, even though we heard this story. They said the U.S. released the information to detour Russia from using the banned munitions. Just a couple of weeks ago, there was an attention-grabbing assertion that made headlines all over the world. U.S. officials said they had indications suggesting Russia might be preparing to use chemical agents in Ukraine. I talked about it on my show. President Joe Biden later said it publicly, but three U.S. officials this week said there is no evidence Russia has brought any chemical weapons near Ukraine. They said the U.S. released the information to deter Russia from using the banned munitions. Not only does this go against every form of credibility that the U.S. has on the world stage, but did we learn nothing from the Second Gulf War or all the latest news about the biolabs? And even though this is very different, and WMD was in every sense good intel that it existed for many reasons that I have time to cover in this show, it wasn't a false flag. This is... Just this week, National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan stood at the White House podium and read out what officials said was more declassified intelligence, asserting that Russia's pullout from areas around Kiev wasn't a retreat, but a strategic redeployment that signals a significant assault on eastern and southern Ukraine, one that U.S. officials believe could be a protracted and bloody fight. Well, that's been going on now for almost two months. The process to declassify intelligence has to go through several layers. The NSC, the National Security Council, and the intelligence community. This process is used for Freedom of Information Act requests, investigatory bodies, or during Senate oversight in open forum to name just a few. But to declassify on the fly and leak information that is not only suspect, but admittedly unverified is a far cry from the code of conduct for intelligence operations and operators all around the world. Combating disinformation with disinformation is not a solution, it's the problem. As the war has proceeded, the administration has used intelligence to warn off possible Russian actions and draw attention to Russian military failings. At times, the Biden administration has released information in which it has less confidence or about things that are possible rather than truly likely. Last week, U.S. officials told reporters they had intelligence suggesting Putin is being misled by his own advisors, who are afraid to tell him the truth. But when Biden was asked about the disclosure later in the day, after it made headlines around the globe, he was less than definitive. It's almost a cat and mouse game. But there have been so many revelations that some national security hands wish administration officials would shut up, including this old salt sitting in front of you. And many, even those who support disclosures, wonder if President Joe Biden and his aides are being overly alarmist due to past strategic and intelligence failures in places like Ukraine and more recently, Afghanistan. There is also a widely known term that people read in spy novels or see in the latest Jack Ryan episode. If you haven't watched the series, do. There is need to know. If you tell people something on a need to know basis, you only tell them the facts they need to know at the time they need to know them, and nothing more. A need to tell basis is much more dangerous, and the evolution process. It's a consensus emerged that U.S. intelligence agencies should share information more widely in order that analysts could interrogate clues acquired by different agencies in order to connect the dots. This was after 9-11 failures and multiple intelligence failures within the FBI and CIA. At the heart of the intelligent effort lies a paradox. Intelligence is valuable only if it can be shared with consumers who need it. But to the extent that it is more widely shared, risks of compromise are enhanced. The necessary goal is to find the best balance between adequate sharing and effective informational security. But with that line comes the temptation to simply be the loudest bullhorn at the auction. And with the American media feeding this information directly from the Biden administration, unverified and thinly veiled, we feed into the conspiracy theories. We create public distrust every time we are wrong. And more importantly, the risk of having nobody on the world stage believe us when we are actually right. Folks, that's it for my show tonight. Thank you for watching Don't Unfriend Me. It's interesting. I think a lot of people want to believe that everything the United States says is a cover-up or this big New World Order conspiracy. Things like this don't help that. They actually assist in the narrative, and they mislead the American people and the world stage. United States has been known for an amazing intelligence apparatus, but has had amazing failures too. It's going to be interesting to see how this come back, how it comes back and bites us in the keister, because I promise you, it will, folks. Thank you for watching. Don't unfriend me. I do appreciate it. Once again, my name is Matthew Spear, and I am the host of Don't Unfriend Me. I'll be back on sunday for another show amy and leroy will not be on tonight at 8 30 but we'll have the dummies and we'll have a nice conversation together please do me a favor like share and follow at don't unfriend me show we'd love to see you stop on by the show tonight at 8 30 and last but not least i go out like i always do with a veteran crisis hotline 1-800-273-8255 press 1 veterans 22 a day are committing suicide due to traumatic brain injury post-traumatic stress, anxiety, and depression. They need your help. If you are recognizing these signs, please reach out to the vet. If that doesn't help, call me. I will make that call with you. Sometimes it's easier for a vet to talk to a vet. It's 100% free, anonymous. It will not affect your duty station or service. And if you are not a veteran, you can make that phone call too. Being a citizen does not disqualify you. They will take care of everybody, civilian, veteran, or otherwise. Just reach out and make the call. Tell them Matt sent you. Thank you, folks, for watching. Please stop by, pick up some coffee, some cool shirts at don'tunfriendme.com. Have a wonderful evening. I will see you tonight. And if I don't see you tonight, have a great weekend. God bless, and have a wonderful evening.